How come he don't want me, man? What it do, what it do. It's your boy Jay. You understand? We back on the stain Lucky Me podcast with Lil Bro. What's good, fam? Injured. Besides that. <laughs> both of us on the me. Looking yeah. crazy. Yeah. We both looking crazy, fam. What's good? Chilling. Just getting through it. You know, trying to trying to live to see another day. That's all. <laughs> that shit fucked me up. How you fall down the stairs at 26? I don't know. I'm happy hey, I was. Man. I did. Shit happens, you understand? Yes. What's going on over there? Same thing, man. You know, feet up. Well, feet not up in the hammock, but uh, you know what I'm saying? My shit. Uh, got the feet in the ice water, man. I ain't put enough ice in this joint, though. I'm a little sick, but we're going you know, to make it do what it do. Yep, make it do what it do, baby, or whatever yes, uh, Jamie Fox said. Yo, with Ray Charles. Well, Jamie was playing. I know. With him, <laughs> I you know, know what I'm yeah. But Jamie had the song, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, true, 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 true. But yeah, what, what are we talking about? Man, so I was uh, listening to the Ham podcast, which is Haberman and Middlecoff. Um, Checking their podcast out. They talk uh, mostly 49ers. Um, a little bit of Raiders. You know, NFL news, mostly what they talk about. Yeah. But uh, they mo- they're mostly a 49ers podcast. Said it to say that uh, Haberman came out with a very, very interesting statistic. He talked about the unprecedented... Um, situation that Trey Lance was put in when he was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, I was actually just talking to this uh, woman at the bar the other day, an Eagles fan. Oh, wow. Yeah, I told her I I appreciated her not rubbing it in, you understand what I'm saying? But she just like, you know, legit was just coming to talk ball, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, I was speaking to her about it. I was like, you know, as a, a uh, a fan of the team, you know, I personally, I just wish they never drafted the kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. of the position they put him in. But but Haberman was able to put it in uh, better context, right, with actual factual numbers. So since 1979, no player drafted in the top 10 has ever been drafted, no quarterback has ever been drafted to a team with higher odds to win a Super Bowl. Than Trey Lance, those hmm. odds, those odds, fourteen to one. Yep, I thought it was twenty five to one. I had to go back and listen to it before we started. I was like, "That's fucking incredible!" Fourteen to one odds to win the Super Bowl. Yes, yes, right. That so if if that doesn't really put things into perspective for people. I don't know what does. I feel like, to be honest, like, and it was funny because listening to the podcast, um, I felt like Haberman did that because they were getting a lot of heat, you know, by like the way they discussed Trey from the fan base. You know, so the fan base, like we rock with him, but uh, the fan base kind of been on their head. Like, um, John Middlecourt side, I get it, former scout, 
you know, he kind of attacked things from their perspective, like the NFL, the business, blah, blah, blah. You know, I get it. We all get it, right? But I like what Haberman did because even by him doing what he did, he even changed the way Middlecoff was talking. You know what I'm saying? Like, it 14 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl, and you draft this kid in there. That's an immense amount of pressure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. To the fact that, uh, you know, I listened to the, like, so I, I listened to the whole thing again, but I listened to it again. And, um, of the top 15 picks over the last 30 years, the only player with close eyes was, uh, I think it was 13 to one, which was drafted at number 11, which would have been Jay Cutler back in 2006 to the Denver Broncos. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they just went, uh, I think they was 13-3 with uh, Jake the Snake Plumber the year before. So if, if that doesn't put things into historical context, it's crazy. Like, um, just off the top of my head, think about some of the players they named. Because I, I act like Middlecoff. We both thought it was Ben Roethlisberger he was talking about, but it wasn't him. Um, so I think he was drafted at 13 as well. But, like, for instance, like, for instance Pat Mahomes, they were 66-1. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The year he was drafted. Like, obviously, he wasn't even top 10, but it's just the point. Like, just to put things to historical perspective, um, the odds. And I believe the Steelers were, I think it was 25 to 1, he said. But don't quote me if you want to know uh, exactly. Look up football reference or listen to the ham podcast. You want to be more uh, exact. But, then, yeah. you know, we're, we're here to just. Uh, uh, kind of make some connections in just in sports in general. Um, and little bro, you had an interesting uh, take that I stopped you from saying on the phone. I said, I know where you're going, but I still want to hear your perspective. So if you could please uh, make a connection, sir. All right. So my uh, take, it started with looking at it where, looking at the situation that Trailers walked into, because you were looking what uh, they said on that podcast, which was like, you know, our odds at winning the Super Bowl. But we have to also put into the odds or put into the conversation of where the team was coming off of that year before when they drafted Trey. Uh, they had just, I think that they, they had just went to the uh, championship or the uh, NFC no, championship. That was well, the, yeah, the year before. That was the yeah, injury yeah, yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the COVID about, year. Yeah, I'm talking about the following year, which is where he would have actually started because he sat that first year. So, I mean, I'm looking at a little bit more like he had That's pressure, not- but he didn't have mm-hmm. the like the full on pressure because we already knew going into that season where his situation was, which ties into the other guy um, that I was going to bring into the situation. Going into that season, we all knew that. This is going to be a year that we set him down. It's not a lot of pressure, but we know that he's going to be the future of the position that he's in, which is quarterback for him. So going into the following season, Trey had already, before he even started the season, he had already lost the locker room in a way because there was guys that, you know, oh, actually. Damn, let me go back. Let me go all the way back because this is tied in too well. Bro, where are you going? I'm following me. Follow me. So into I'm the preseason. <laughs> follow me. In the preseason, because I'm going to circle it to the Pistons because I'm the, one of the only Pistons fans out here in this planet right now. 
Struggling into the preseason, the whole entire preseason, when you heard Trey Lance was uh, getting drafted, we talked about before that they kind of probably wanted Mac Jones. We all have, over the time, it sounds like they might have wanted it that way. But after what they saw with Trey Lance and like a practices and stuff like that, they said, this guy is different. This guy is outstanding. This, this kid has a future. That ties into back in 2003. The Detroit Pistons was coming off an Eastern Conference Championship appearance where they lost, of course, to the uh, New Jersey Nets. We got swept, swept 4-0, unfortunately. Going into the season when we had to go to the draft, our preseason odds, we were, let me see, 15-1. to 15-1 odds to win the championship the following season. So going into the draft, Everybody knew the one position that we were kind of weak at was a power forward or center. Really power forward, also small forward, but, you know, we had got Sheed not too long after that, so that shit kind of. Uh, Antonio McDaniels. McDice. McDice, Antonio McDice, my bad. Yeah, McDice. but he was injury prone heavy, so that's bro, why McDice, we were still. But he, he was nice, though, bro. He bro, was he... nice, but he was injury prone, so that's why they was looking at the position anyway. So in the whole preseason, like you saw, you had Melo who did what he did in the regular season, like, I mean, in the college, so we, they knew what he was. But if you go back and look and read about Darko Milicic at the time, Darko Milicic seemed like a raw prospect who, if he put all the intangibles together, he would be literally like the next coming of... They made it sound like he was the next coming of Jordan in a way. Like, this kid was supposed to be the first crazy foreign talent since, like, uh, Dirk. Like, this kid was crazy. Like, if you look at his uh, comparison, I can't remember what his comparison were, his draft comparison, but it was it was crazy. Like, kind of damn near, like, some bonus level. So, we thought, okay, we can draft Darko Milicic, right? And there's no pressure on him the first year because we're going to sit him anyway. He's not going to have to play that much time. Like, he'll be fine. But we also made a pick later on in that draft for a person named Tayshaun Prince. And Tayshaun Prince had absolutely zero pressure at all. Incorrect. Tayshaun was already here. Okay, so we had Tayshaun Prince already. That's my fault. We draft Darko. We knew we needed somebody to take that spot, and we needed real talent. We had no star at that point. We had zero stars, really. And still to this day, that's like the only team that didn't have like a A-plus level talent. It was more built on, on team individuality, basically, or team as a whole. So uh, Darko Milicic did the year. He gets into that spot, and from then on, all pressure is on him. I mean, the difference between the two is like that to where it ends is we end up winning the championship anyway. So we didn't really, we really needed Darko later on to like make this whole thing last longer, but it didn't really close our window. But the two teams are very similar to me because they both consistently went to the Eastern Conference Finals after that point. After the following year, we lost to the Spurs. But after that, we kept going to the Eastern Conference Finals and losing. Same thing with the Niners, but Darko, the difference between the two, Darko and Trey Lance, is Darko had very bad character issues, which is why I kind of understood where they kind of was already ready to throw the door out on him and not even look his way anymore. 
as opposed to Detroit or the Niners, where everything we've seen so far, Trey doesn't really have those same character flaws. But it all comes down to, especially for a quarterback position, where you're drafted to. You do not, as a quarterback, want to be, and I know a lot of them might think they want to, but you do not want to be drafted in a situation for a team that is has a window that they well, can go for it. I, I see what you're saying about the window. I also see the comparison. And as you mentioned, quarterback is different. But I think what made what made the situation unique to begin with is that it's rare that you see good teams draft that early. Mm-hmm. Right? Obviously, they traded. They traded all the way up to the third spot um, to be able to draft a quarterback that high. But I think what it comes down to is rarely do you see good – you got to – like the way the NFL design, it's not like the NBA where it's a draft lottery, right? Like that ain't the case. No, yeah. Um, I think, and as I'm saying, I'm going to get back to the NBA in a second here. The NFL design, the reason, one of the reasons why the NFL has flourished um, is that the bottom is able to rise a little faster because mm-hmm. they're, they draft so high and they get all these star players from college football. And if they pan out, they're able to, you know, bring the franchise up quicker. Look at Jay Actionville, uh, Jaguars right now, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with the Trevor Lawrence situation. Um, you know, uh, that team has uh, – they're, they're a bottom feeder. You know what I'm saying? The yes. Nicely, right? But uh, at the end of the day, though, you, you draft high. They had two straight first-round draft picks. They drafted Trevor Lawrence and drafted a defensive end the next year. And then they made the playoffs and won a yes. playoff game, right? And was very close to beating the Kansas City uh, Chiefs in the second round. Like, that's that's the beauty of the NFL is that, um, the you know, the bottom, it, it rises a little quicker because if your team is bad, say you bad two, three years in a row, like I just mentioned Jacksonville, right? That's two, three straight possible top ten picks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of times, depending on the team's drafting, it ain't always, oh, pick the best player. Sometimes it's a draft need situation. Um, I think that's going to happen in this year's draft, right, where generally everyone looks at the quarterbacks, but you also got to look at the team and say, okay, what's the need? So that's mm-hmm. going to allow certain players to fall. You know what I mean? Which uh, which getting back to Trey was, was an interesting situation because the Miami Dolphins were willing to trade that pick because they just drafted Tua Tagovailoa. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they just drafted the kid the year before. So they didn't really know exactly what they had. And he didn't really play that much. So it was kind of like, uh, why do they need to pick third? They were open for business, you know. And here comes San Francisco 49ers, the team uh, in the Super Bowl uh, two years before, coming off a bad injury season. Obviously, with a quarterback, former now, um, Jimmy Gitloss. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, always interested. They were looking to yeah. uh, further further solidify the position, it seems. And that was the part where it comes to trades. Like, it was just frustrating that he really was put in a tough position. And then now, when you look at, like I say, with the situation with the odds, like, it was such an interesting take because I'm like, dang. Like, I didn't know the odds were 14-1. You know, I'm a 49er fan. When the team is good, 
I'm damn near putting them in the Super Bowl every year when the team's good. Like, it is what it is. I'm not picking nobody else. Argue with your mama, you know? So, like, it is what it is, you know? But I just thought it was a real interesting situation. And if you allow me quickly, I just thought about the NBA, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, who was drafted? If you really think about it, on the top of my head, really, the two players I can think of was probably drafted into the most pressurized situations. You know, we were the two players that revitalized the league, Larry Bird and uh, Magic Johnson. They were drafted in the teams full of freaking Hall of Famers, like winning championships, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, in L.A.'s case, and with Larry Bird, he was brought there to, you know, uh, to bring the team back up to prominence. And those teams were mm. fucking, those teams were pretty fucking loaded. And I thought those are a uh, pretty pressurized situation. Um, you would, know, when I, just, just off the top of my mind, just thinking, I'm like, I don't know yeah. who got drafted to a team. It was like, uh, like we bought you here. Like you're going to be the missing piece for us to win uh, in the NFL lately. Like I'm really trying to wrap my brain and you go ahead with your thought while I think. Well, see, that's to me where, basketball and football why the why the draft doesn't work in the way that uh it would over there and why it has to be different is because the nfl is more like it's a team based so it's like a more it's a situation where you're looking to feel like the best pieces on your team with the nba is more individual based where it's like all i need is like really one player and I'm gonna just take whoever that best player is, and I'm gonna put him in my on my team. So I feel like the situations are different on what pressure is for that's the. Tr- that's true because the way the, the sport is designed yes. in basketball, all five players on the team have an opportunity to touch the ball and score the ball. In football, like you mentioned, that's not the case because how the sport is designed. You know, eleven guys, but all eleven guys aren't in a position to catch. You know, to touch the football. So I understand yes. what you're saying. And you're going to get, I think, no matter what team it is, really, unless you're like a very bottom feeder team, uh, you're going to get pressured in the NFL to do something and turn your team around because the fan bases care more than the NFL because they have 17 games and each game matters as opposed to the uh, NBA where there's 82 games. And let's be real, like most of them don't matter. Like that middle period of the season is kind of like, I do who? cares so i really feel like the only player that i could i see that got that pressure besides like magic and you know bird and even then like i would lean a little bit more towards yeah those two because you need it like the league was about to die but i would say lebron james and i'm only saying lebron because Okay, not that he was supposed to. Bro, that team no. wasn't good. It wasn't good, but like, you that, have to understand. No, but that's the point, though, bro. I do understand. That's the point. The team, the, Trey got drafted to a good team. Yeah, but. It was already t- a championship caliber team. Okay, but it's different. It's different if a team, or it's not even just the team, it's the media. Trey wasn't hyped yeah, up by the media at all. Like, nobody. I agree, but, but that's not the point. The point of it was that. Like the team was already good, but I get what you're saying. The, the media, but it's, I'm saying, but I'm saying for a pressurized situation, like for Trey Lance, 
his pressure came from his the team didn't okay his teammates didn't care for him it was really split down the middle they were still messing with jimmy the front office was stupid so they didn't know what to do why did they draft him and they know they didn't want a player in his way or his type uh or it appears they wanted to but they changed their mind kind of quickly and the media didn't know who he was so they didn't care in the first place it was just like look the niners drafted him look at where they've seen us before when we even had Trey Lance, look where he was looked at to be. We weren't guaranteed. I think most of them didn't even say we were supposed to win the win ten games in the offseason. Right. Me and you, we, I understand it, but we yeah. talk about Super Bowl odds. Come on, bro. Yeah. Those people are stupid. The year, put like this: the year that the San Francisco 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Do you remember what most people had them pegged as? They record that year. Oh, I can't remember. It was uh, wasn't it six or something? Four. Yeah. Literally. T- yeah. 2019, people had the San Francisco 49ers winning four games. Like, come on, bro. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And I will say, like, when we did get Trey Lance, even that following year, most of the situation, most of the odds were, is Jimmy going to start? And if Jimmy starts, yes, they're a Super Bowl winning team. But if he's not, then he's this team is in nothing. So I'm looking at it like, for Trey Lance, the biggest situation for him right now is, and why I don't understand why they drafted him, and I understand, like, it's pressure with the odds, but it's mostly the front office caused all the pressure that went with his situation. They made it where if they really wanted to put, like, some real deal pressure on the kid, you kick Jimmy out the door immediately. You start him and you say, this is our guy. And then you live with the consequences, and you go from there. But no, they completely, they completely created the pressure on Trey Lance. They created every little bit of it. The following year, they still kept Jimmy around. If he was really about that action, you would have just cut him and just took the L on it. But no, you kept him there so then people could even have an opportunity to do, do I want this quarterback or this quarterback? If you would have just got Jimmy up out of there way before that, then the pressure would have, it would have been on him, but at least people would have been able to go like, all right, well, we're going to have to live with this decision. The fan base would have been, we had to live with this decision, so we got to watch how this rocks. Yeah, we can be mad, but we have to literally, we're stuck with it. So the, the team is stuck with it. Everybody's stuck with it. There is no conversation there. But when you look at what they did with, what they did with him, they brought him in, Told him we're going to sit you for two years, basically. Really, they said one. It was probably going to be two, but Jimmy really sucked ass that second year. But that first year, we lost in the NFC Championship, so they knew this was it. And then going into the next year, he was still kind of scared. He didn't want to let go, but he, I don't want him. I don't want him on the team, so I'm going to have them practice over there, which is bullshit because you knew you wasn't going to get any trade for him if you had any sense, which to me, all it would say is, and all I walk away with it is, either the front office is stupid or they didn't want to draft him in the first place. Now, for a situation like this kid, yeah, it's, it's, Trey, it's really hard he got put in this situation. It's really hard that he has to live with this. And it's really hard that he lost a locker room. And it's really tough that, you know, Brock had to go through or Brock has to take his spot and then Going into next year, he injures himself too. So now he's back in a pressure position. All these guys are put into these positions because 
of the front office being incompetent. If it was a competent front office, which I will give the Lakers at that time, and I will give Boston at that time, you don't do that to your player. You don't do that to a star. You don't, the Jaguars didn't do that to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what was his name? Who was the quarterback they drafted? Danny Dimes. They didn't pretend when they drafted the Giants, and it's pressure in a New York franchise, any New York franchise. But the Giants, there's pressure. When they brought in Danny Dimes, they didn't pretend with Eli, like, oh, Eli might have a chance. No, they let him the fuck down. They said, Eli is done. He's here for to basically sign autographs. At that point, that was Eli's whole thing. There was no QB competition when they was like, all right, we're done with Eli. There was none. Was the fans asking for Eli? They said, no, fuck him. He's on the bench. Hey, bro. I think at the end of the day, this shit come down to the team was fucking loaded. They were already loaded. They were already going to be uh, high Super Bowl favorites. Uh, top three, you know, to win the, uh, the conference, the NFC. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know me, I say it all the time. I didn't become a San Francisco 49er fan because they had mid-players mm-hmm. or because they was a mid-team. So saying that, I, I personally think I think that uh, I don't look at uh, upper management like you do, you know, as if they're incompetent or whatever. I don't, I don't see that. What I think is that a lot of times when you get, for instance, John Lynch, he didn't come up uh, in that Niner organization. You know what I'm saying? He really don't know much about it other than he went to Stanford. You know, it was close. Um, Kyle Shanahan's dad, Mike, he did. You know what I'm saying? He's around. Honestly, I feel like this, and you know I feel like this about the players, man. I really need them to really understand what it means to be a San Francisco 49er, bro. Like, So that's the pressure. The pressure really is on everybody. I don't really look at an individual thing. Like you made a, uh, for instance, LeBron James. The pressure on LeBron was just on LeBron. It wasn't on the team. There was no... You maybe could look it up, but I don't see anybody saying, oh, Cash drafted LeBron James. They should win the Super Bowl this year, right? Or mean, like, there's no Super Bowl for them, but yeah. You ain't let me. I was about to correct myself. <laughs> Fuck nuts. Damn, ho. I had to. <laughs> I had to. Well, I had to. I was, let me finish what I was saying. Yeah, go or for the it. NBA, or, you know, obviously NBA uh, Finals. Um, You know, it's like, I get it. And as you mentioned, like, it's hard to do that with NBA because it's more uh, individualistic and a player really has more control of what they do, you know, because you actually play both ends of the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, like, honestly, I'm kind of sitting here and I just been like rattling my brain. Like, what are some times where a guy was drafted? And it's like, okay, this team, this is the, the like, they're missing. They need this. And they go out and get it, and you know, it's weird because lately, the way the NFL has been operating, they've been more like the NBA. Like it's been more of trades. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And in that, and in in Trey Lance's case, is it's trading draft picks, and that's where I think a lot of pressure comes because people look at like, you know, oh, you traded all this draft capital. Yeah, there's right, a there's to an get actual... that player. 
like you have an actual way to like bargain it, like an actual, an actual monetary value as opposed to like the NBA where it's like you just draft a guy. Here you have like, this is how much it costs to get you. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and saying that, the current situation with Lamar Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. By them placing the non-exclusive tag on him, uh, basically a team would have to give the Baltimore Ravens two first-round draft picks and also, right, negotiate with Lamar for uh, the contract that he desires. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, is it a lot? Is it asking a lot? Yes. But the truth is this. Here's the fucking truth. If you just look at it this way, if you draft, if you draft Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry, not draft Lamar Jackson, but if you bring Lamar Jackson to your franchise, right? Fuck yours. I'm going to talk about the 49ers. We know they don't have the money to do none of this, but just indulge me for a second. So if you the San Francisco 49ers and players that even came out, George Kittle even said it. It's basically just the quarterback position. Once we get that solidified, like we straight, right? But as we know, time is short, man. These windows are short. So let's say you did have the two first-round draft picks. I don't see the fucking issue because you get a player like that, you don't expect to ever draft that high again, right? So even the two draft picks that you're giving away, you just say you're a playoff team. You automatically in the 20s. That capital ain't that strong. You know what I'm saying? Like the draft capital, like the value of those picks. That shit ain't that crazy. So I say I bring Lamar Jackson in, we made the playoffs. Whatever. Say you'll be in slot 25. Yeah, you just sent that team to 25th pick. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I view this shit, bro. Like, at the end of the day, I think it all comes down. Most of this shit, and in regards to Trey Lance, is one thing was the Super Bowl odds, but the other part is you got these people out here that really get hung up on these draft picks, right? And I'm not saying I'm the GM of the Lambs. Fuck these picks, right? I'm not quite saying fuck these picks. But what I'm saying is, though, I do understand value, but I also understand value in living, breathing players. So I like what the San Francisco 49ers are doing, uh, like they did with, for instance, C-Mac, right? The run game been down the last three, four years. So they say, you know what? Let's stop beating our heads against the wall, drafting third-round running backs and blah, blah, blah. You know what? We need a fucking stud in this position. How are we going to get that stud? Well, we got to trade some fucking draft picks to go get them, right? And if I told you that, oh, man, they traded a second-round draft pick for him, is he not better than second-round draft picks? Look at second. Okay, not even just better. Is he not comparable to other second-round draft picks? Hmm, Derrick Henry. Right, uh, per the numbers, you would say he's the best in the league, but he's up there. Alva Camaro, like all these guys, it's a, a fucking plethora. Uh, Brad, uh, not I almost said Bradley Chubb, Nick Chubb, right? You get a but the thing is, like, that's how you got to look at this thing. And I, I think that a lot of the heat that come down instead of people yelling at the organization, they yelling at Trey as if he get as if he drafted himself. No, Faggle, he didn't. You know what I'm saying? So I, and I like what you did, right? You turned the conversation from a Trey Lance conversation back toward the organization. And I think that's something that we do here on this podcast very well. We 
look at the team building aspect. We look at more than just the actual player because there's a lot of reason why players pan out or they don't. And it's more than just talent. Because if it was about talent, Jeff George would have been the greatest fucking quarterback ever. I don't know if you – did you ever see Jeff George? <laughs> Bro, you talking – I'm not even going to lie. You know how much I love John Elway, like real talk. <laughs> This motherfucker probably had the best arm I ever seen, bro. That motherfucker arm was crazy, but he wasn't a good player. Hey. He couldn't. He couldn't do it upstairs in between the ears. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think a lot of this shit is. I can equate it too. Uh, I would say, for me, the reason why I agree or why I turn it towards the front office usually is because of, like you said, the situation of these guys that they go in. I look at guys like a, a like a Sam Darnold in a way, or like a, a even Zach Wilson, who, which most, if you had two eyes, you could tell usually like, or a normal person could tell he's not that. But a lot of people, a lot of franchises got caught up in thinking that and you bring him into it, no. And you bring him in, you realize, like, this guy don't really have it up here to do anything with his talent. He's cool. Same thing what we're going through right now that we're watching in real time with Mac Jones, too. And we're watching Mac Jones in real time go through this exact situation where you put him in a, you put a, a kid who's used to being talented and, you know, he has all these weapons around him or he did, and you bring him into a situation where he has no weapons and you give him his offensive coordinator that is awful. And you just go like, all right, cool. And that too is why I am also afraid for if they do get a Lamar Jackson too. I always look at the front office because I've watched what they did to Trey Lance and I've watched what they have what Kyle Shanahan did in the past to RG3. And to me, that don't make you want to come here if I'm a quarterback. That wouldn't make me want to come here because I know if something happens, like, this is it. Like, I, I could get injured and be done. Like, I don't think this is a place that most quarterbacks should want to rush to come to. I think it's one of the worst. I feel like it's one of the worst teams when it comes to building a team culture where everyone buys in in the past you could say that teams would buy in like when it was previous ownership and stuff like this but this current ownership has not shown me anything to show me that they could build a front office where everyone's buying into what's going on you always have players with problems and that's understandable but I feel like over here, a lot of the players don't ride for any quarterback. They only ride for who gives them the ball. Like, there is no actual loyalty when it comes to this team to their teammates, which is weird because most other teams, that is a thing. But right now, I feel like it's all really based on whatever guy at the time they are messing with who gets them the ball. And they're very vocal about it, too, which is something you never see. You don't see most teams be as vocal as they are about. Well, I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> Literally. Shut, Shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, but no, not really, though. Real talk. But it's like, it's really vocal here. Yeah. It's like the fan base also plays so much of a role here as opposed to most others, I feel like. Because 
you'll have guys like, uh, uh, you know, Jimmy, where Jimmy gets out there and Jimmy's beloved by, you know, half of the fan base and a lot of women all over the place and men as well. And he'll get to rock. And then he'll get beloved by his teammates. And he'll get to rock out here for a while. And then they do nothing, though. And they accomplish nothing. And then guys just are fine with going in that cycle. And they don't care. But it's because he's who they know. He came through. And he was the last one to actually kind of establish a culture here before he left, which was a culture of professionalism where everybody just, I'm in charge, basically. Then you have that now where you're looking at it where Trey Lance came in and and the way that Trey Lance and Brock Purdy came in showed me that there was no real culture set up at this team. These guys came in and it felt like coach probably didn't give them any any nothing. Like you look at uh Dougie P over there with uh Trevor Lawrence and look, Trevor Lawrence has been straight up ass in some games. But you know Dougie P rocking with him still. You know Dougie P. I, I hear the thing, though. I, the thing is this. Doug Peterson is a former fucking quarterback to play in the National Football League. So that's his baby. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That position is his baby. Yeah. Not just the offense, that position specifically. So he's going to sit down with that guy. He, uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't need a veteran quarterback. You know what I'm saying? In the mm-hmm. quarterback room. Mm-hmm. As with the 49ers, that was a big thing with them, having a veteran presence in the quarterback room. Why? Because uh, uh, there was nobody there to teach that. That's why I love the fact that Brian Greasy decided to come back for a second year because I saw a change in all the quarterbacks, including fucking Jimmy Get Gone, Trey, and, uh, you know, Brock. If you watch these guys – you can tell that having a real fucking quarterback that played National, for, uh, National Football League, Brian Greasy, former national champion here at the University of Michigan, and played for the Denver Broncos. His dad was a quarterback of the undefeated Dolphins teams back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of knowledge about playing quarterback. I look to see another step, right, at better quarterback play overall. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. Um, but I I am, you know, I'm still hurt, little bro. You know me. I but I've been talking a little more to people that want to talk 49ers, you know what I'm saying? Um, like I mentioned that the woman that can't talk to me at the bar, I told her, I said, I don't talk quarterbacks. Um yes. but I said, but because you're so nice about it, I'll talk to you. But I don't fucking care. Like, shut up and win me number six. Uh, quick, quick, win me quick. one. Win number six. That's all I need. That's what I'm saying. I just six, need bro. just you know what I mean, sir. Stop. Yeah, but it's not. Me. I hate that we keep saying win number six. These niggas they win shit. Like they have no established history of doing anything. They haven't done anything. Okay, see, they're that, living that's, it. That's see, that's why I like that's why I like you new fans, because you guys uh, you know, just it ain't that fucking difficult to understand. The, the team, no, no, the franchise has five championships. If they win another one, that would make six. Five plus one is what? And that's cool. And no, like I, I'm, about to th- I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you on purpose. Sure, five plus six. one is Okay, thank you. So when people like me say just win number six, that's what we're talking about. However, I do agree with you. This current iteration has not won shit. 
Yeah, so it's like I I feel like when I, every time someone says win number six for them, it's shooting them some bail in a way. Like it's giving them like a well, okay, y'all got a pass of doing stuff, so like y'all can do something now. Like y'all haven't done anything. The only thing that we've done so far, and okay, yeah, I'm mad. I'm still hurt. If you could tell, I'm more than hurt. Only thing we've done so far is just be there. And like, I'm sick of being just there. That shit ain't cool. It's not fun. Like I agree, but you know who you can be? You can be what? that team that we keep putting out the playoffs every year. <sighs> that think that think because they roll their fucking helmet out on the field that they gonna win. And they coasting off of them three. Like <laughs> they coasted off of past success. And they and that's the fan base who literally continues to coast well, off of that. Well, like they, they have five. Well, they okay. Have, they have but three with that owner. Yes, but they're coasting off of that past success since forever. Like, they haven't looked for it at all. They're stuck in the past. I don't want the Niners to be stuck in the past because I, that's how. I'm, bro, I'm in total agreement with you. I was, yeah. just saying, I was just saying that I don't want to, you know. And, you know, look, put it like this. Moving forward, I will be better at not saying that. But when I say number six or quest for six, that's just how we talk in the fan base. I yeah. agree. The players need to have a different attitude. But I'm a fan. I'm looking I right agree. here at my jacket. I got my jacket right here. And I see this sleeve on the side, right? And guess what it got on there? 1981, 1984, 1988, 1989, 1994. You know what those are? Those are the years that San Francisco 49ers won a Super Bowl. Right? Yes. yes. And, and guess what I do with this jacket? I don't even bring it out no more. In fact, the only time I wear that bitch is on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Because it's the only fucking thing that keeps me warm. It's the only thing that makes me feel good. So I'm not about to poo-poo the former five championships. However, I do agree with you. So let's agree right here today. Moving forward. Right? Moving forward. I'm going to agree with you. Win me a chip. And I'll keep that attitude. I'm not going to forget about my five because, like I say, it gets cold in the D. You understand what I'm saying? I need my jacket. My five championships keep me warm. Well, it's like I look at the five (laughs) championships as like, like, uh, you know, your grandmama. But you wasn't there. That's that's the difference, though, little bro. That's why it don't. That's what I'm saying, bro. Y'all newer fans, like, not even y'all younger fans, it don't hit for y'all. The five is like hearing the shit that your granddad did. You're like, damn, that's cool. Like, he did all that. But, like, what about now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a different time. Like, we're going through shit right now. Bro, how you think I feel, bro? I was in the fourth grade the last time they won the fucking Super Bowl. You think I don't want it to? Yeah. Like, real yeah. talk. You think I don't want it? Like, crazy, bro. Like, crazy, my guy. But, yeah, like I'm you, at- Like, you, like, like you're a diehard Pistons fan, bro. Two thousand fucking three was a long time ago. I'm bringing that up, man. No, I'm just saying. Well, you want to, which you understand? Alone. Put them away. Come on, fan. But I'm, but understand. I'm what I'm doing is I'm connecting with you, right? Because when I first moved to Michigan, right, they won back to back championships. The Detroit Pistons did. You see what I'm saying? When I was a shorty. I was playing right. four corners in elementary class in third grade when we won that championship. Yeah, but I'm talking Fuck. about the first two. So understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Though, bro. Like, so I, when I, I'm connecting the, the fan bases for you, right? And oh. I said it to say this before we get out of here. Like, that's why 
when people ask me what other teams am I a fan of, none. I'm a San Francisco 49er fan because I can't take this pain. Yeah. That's why I stopped rooting for my college teams. You know, I got teams I follow, you know what I'm saying? I always been I always loved Florida State since I was a shorty. Big uh time Deion Sanders fan here. Uh Warwick Dunn, that's my favorite running back. You know what I'm saying? Like I love uh, you know, obviously I live in here, so obviously University of Michigan, especially when they was popping. I love running backs. So in the nineties, this fucking Tim Bianca Batuka, Tyrone Wheatley, like all these guys, you know. And I was at the school meeting these guys, you know what I'm saying? So like, yes, all that shit, bro, but guess what? My heart can't take this no more. I keep on running back to you. My yeah, bad. But, I, was, yeah, I, I we keep gotta... seeing these pictures. I keep seeing these pictures of Ashanti. <laughs> no, that thigh, that thigh me, bro. The thigh me. It's the thigh oh, me season, God. bro. It's about to be thigh me season, bro. You seen that? Off I'm the single. Pod, that's that's off nah, the pod, bro. I'm single now. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I keep the gun grip. Okay. <laughs> Cast I play Scully whip. Say he done flip. I keep a banger in the ankle, one in my hip, two in the stash, one come up when I shift. He said he pulled the con- the Kendall Lamar control verse. I got a gun in the chair. I got the, the, the lotion chair. in my hand. In the, oh, in the, I got the gun in the chair where I sit. I even got a tissue. gun in the hair in the bun of my cheek. My bad. Yeah. Jay-Z yeah. bars, man. Yeah. Y'all know nothing about that. Yeah, all I mean, right. Come and get me, volume three. All right, all right. Yeah, that's where that's where we leave. Um, yeah. Peace, man. Yeah, peace.